The following program contains mature themes that may offend you and challenge you. As a result, you may paint an innumerable amount of Bristol boards, piss, and exhale fire, call for the host to be disemboweled in the village square, push for suppression, compelled speech, and an infinite number of deplatformings. Other listeners may experience the urge to laugh as we all hurl towards Armageddon, tolerate diversity of thought, control their childlike emotional impulses, stop taking everyone and everything so seriously. But either way, listener discretion is advised. This is Unmentionable, an unhealthy dose of realism with your host, Jordan Power. Welcome to Unmentionable Podcast. Last week you had nothing, you had no one, you had nothing to believe in, but we're back on the show and uh, I just got back from a solo travel adventure slash book writing extravaganza in St. Martin where I did spend three days and then seven days in Anguilla, which is pretty much the greatest place on earth. It was really nice, Um, except the baby on the plane. Baby on the plane? I sat down. There was a baby right beside me that must have been 13 months. Good luck. I have never felt that wave of anger come over me. So, <laughs> Like, I thought I was going to lose it. It's like, 13, why does your baby have to go to Anguilla at 13 months? <laughs> like, should you really be dragging your infant across through the air thousands of kilometers at that age? <laughs> It's a little selfish. It's like you get a couple years off. Maybe when he's like, he can, you know. Start to understand where he is. He doesn't stuff. have afterbirth still on him from his. <laughs> the baby was so young that it still had the placenta or the umbilical cord attached to it. And the mom, I looked down, it was coming right out of her pussy. And I was like, put that away. We're taking off. You know? And then she's okay, so then I sit there and it's like I give them this look like, oh yeah. fuck. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I'm just judging them the whole time because I'm like, you two are so selfish that you need a vacation, but you can't just take like another year at home. Yeah. You wanna like have a full life. We wanna be fun parents. <laughs> so they drag the baby yeah. like thousands of kilometers and it's sitting there the whole time. And then it's just like at first, it was, like, kind of cute because I don't want to look like I was, like, a monster because babies are cute for, like, a minute. You start playing with yeah, them, yeah, right? Yeah. So I was just kind of, like, poking her. And so I think she thought, like, oh, my God, he's loving this. But I wanted to be, like, there are limits to this love. Yeah. <laughs> like, this thing pukes on me. Like, I won't be a nice guy anymore. Yeah. And I, But I was just thinking, I'm, like, why does your baby need to go? To Anguilla, bro. Yeah. To Anguilla. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, but we'll talk about that more next week because I did have to do surgery on myself. Maybe we'll talk about that now, but then we'll do a little more next week because we have (laughs) Stevon from uh, Player Two. uh, Dot dot one. We'll put the information in the show notes. Uh, (laughs) Well, I don't. It's Player Two, his company. Two dot one. Shivam did a podcast with someone I thought was homeless. I don't mean like he looks homeless. (laughs) I meant like. He had it was just like a podcast on, on the, street. the street. This yeah. is the kind of stuff Shivam wants me to do, but I, I just, it's undignified. <laughs> I'm just above it. I just want to sit in an air conditioned room and, like, you know, right on the beaches of Anguilla. It's just who I am, bro, right? You, you can't hustle, bro. I'm That's just not. Hustle. Yeah. Sue me. <laughs> so, anyways, so we did the podcast and then I watched it on YouTube and then the guy asked to come on the show and I thought, well, he's interesting. So let's have him on. He drove down from Aurora, which is, well, 45 minutes from here. Really? Yeah. It's, it's pretty far. Wow. So he's coming up on the show. But yeah, so I will tell this part, uh, and then we'll do a little more next week. So I stayed in this place in St. Martin called 
Orient Bay. I selected it because it had a nude beach. It's one of the only nude beaches in the Caribbean. What I like about nude beaches is um, uh, they just Dicks are around. They're quieter. There's not like kids around like screaming. Bro, didn't you tell me like in the, every like gay beach they're like guys blowing each other and stuff. Yeah, but not every beach, not every nude beach is gay, but the gays do tend to flock there. Right. Yeah. So anyways, I was staying on this nude beach and I did one day I just decided to go nude and I was just like, <laughs> oh, fuck. I've never done that before. I did in oh. Australia, actually. But like I was just kind of looking around. I'm just all these like, was it fun? 300 pound people just just yeah. farting and walking around naked. And then they have a restaurant on the beach for in yeah. that because it's a special area of the beach you have to cross yeah. and they have a restaurant it's so weird to like be on the beach and look out at a restaurant and see all the tables you know it's kind of indoor outdoor just butts and everyone just sitting naked yeah, in a restaurant just not not care just, yeah, yeah, just yeah. shove it anyway so i was walking one day and i was on the nude beach and then a little piece of glass went in my foot and i kind of felt this like little sting feeling like a like an insect bite right and so I was like, ah, I don't know. Then the next day I, re- I couldn't really walk well. So obviously I knew there was something in my foot. So I looked down and it was, it was like getting warm and infected. And I was like, oh, this has got to come out now. And I obviously I'm not going to go to some random clinic that like I'll probably have to pay for. So I said, you're an adult. You're the child of two doctors. You can do this. So I just <laughs> went to the little store. I bought like a carving knife for a steak yeah. and, um, some rubbing alcohol and oh. I just pu- dipped the part of my foot with the rubbing alcohol. And then I had to dig, like I wasn't like right on the surface. Like I had oh. to get in there. There was, there wasn't a lot of blood, but there was blood and the joy that flooded over me when I pulled out this like small piece of green glass out of my foot, like oh. just held it in the air, like hurrah. Oh. And then put it out, you know, put the rubbing uh, alcohol back on, put a oh. bandaid on yeah, it was stinging at parts. Yeah. Um, and then uh, next day I was totally fine. Wow. I was so proud of myself. I can't believe that. Bro. I felt really was accomplished. Was it like very close? Because how you describe it is how, like, I imagine it was like super deep in, but was it super it deep? It wasn't super deep, but was like, it I like had just skin dig. level? I, it was, I had dug through millimeters of skin, yeah. But the first part I was going around with the, you don't know where it is, right? Because you can kind of just see inflammation, but I couldn't see it under the skin. So I'm swiping it around to try and like see if I can grab it. And I go through this one area just cutting my own flesh and I'm realizing like, no, it's not in here. So I go to the other side and that eventually I could kind of like sweep it out. Um, It actually fell on the floor when like, and I looked down and saw it. Um, but it was crazy how quickly it healed because I also think I was in the uh, salt water every day, right? So I put the bandage and put the rubbing alcohol to make sure it's sterile. And then I think by the next day I'm, I'm in the ocean, maybe the salt water um, just kind of helped with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Did surgery on yourself, bro. I did surgery what on myself. Fuck? Like, what, what would it be another trip without some sort of fiasco? <laughs> of course there would. And, and that one got me like. for next week. Yeah. But anyways, I'll talk next week about laying out naked and how that made me feel and the sun on your balls. And the only thing would have been better at that moment is if I could run a 500 foot extension cord from my hotel with my foot massager. Because <laughs> I was having that moment on the beach where I was like, this would be so much better if I had with the foot, foot massager. massager. Oh like, God. I was almost at perfect pr- pleasure. Yeah. Because you know I love that thing more than 
some bro, if you go to India, like, and you're on a beach and you want a foot massager, you can just get one. Just shout, hey, foot massager, and someone's going to okay, come so and do it for you. Okay, so this is my nightmare why I won't go to India. Because what <laughs> I liked about Anguilla is there was no one around, no one talking, yeah, no one yeah, screaming, yeah. no one selling me things, no one parasailing like an idiot. <laughs> It's like when people try to sell me Miami versus Anguilla. It's like, first of all, I mean, Miami's more accessible financially, but like yeah. when I'm laying on the beach in Miami and there's like planes going by and boats with like full billboards ads. for like ads and nightclubs, yeah. trash. Yeah, no, that's trash. So black mirrorish, bro. I don't want. I don't want that. I don't want. I don't want people around. I just want quiet, and that's what I loved about Anguilla. It was just like most beautiful beach in the world, but you know, there there's not a lot of people around. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, this is Stevon, not Steven. Not Stevon. Stevon. It reminds me of, I, ha- I used to have this neighbor when I was younger, and uh, the father was clearly homosexual, but, like, I don't know if he, they were just running a game or something. <laughs> like, he just come out of the garage, like, sashaying out and just talking like this. <laughs> My mom would always be like, he's so gay. And he had this son, and the son's name was uh, Steph- Stefan. But one day my mom said, hey, Stefan, how are you? And the little kid was in like Gucci and, you know, wow. all like so much money. And he's just like a brat. And he looks at her and he goes, it's Stefan. Oh, wow. The sass, yeah. bro. Yeah. That's what it reminded Stephane. me of. Stefan. It's Stefan. <laughs> so this is Stefan. Stefan from Player Two. Information in the show notes if you want to connect with him for various branding needs. And the rest of this interview will be on Patreon. We did about another hour and 20. Oh, yeah. It's a long one. And super Parts of it are, are pretty interesting. Uh, we talked yeah. about some... Well, the biohacking is always interesting to me. But go on there, patreon.com slash podcast. Also, if you want to watch the show every week, go on patreon.com slash podcast. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, hit the follow button or subscribe at the top to get updates about the show or whatever player you're listening to. What are the other ones? Stitcher, Google Podcasts. I mean, who uses that? Just go on Google Podcasts or like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Well, don't shame people for using whatever platform they want to hear the show. Why <laughs> are you elitist? It's just right. audio, right? Wherever you want to listen to it, guys. Yeah. All right. I bye. mean, these guys are already listening to it. Like, why? We don't have to tell them to do this. But like, what, tell your oh, friends. That's a good point. We're pretty high. Eh? Yeah, dude. We got guys, too high. I don't know if you can tell, bro, but like. <laughs> I always know because my voice yeah. starts getting like this. <laughs> Anthony yeah. Fauci's a criminal, <laughs> dude. Oh. Okay, well, this is Stevon. Enjoy. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're here with Steven on Unmentionable. We usually do a little bit of an intro. Maybe I'll talk about my uh, time in Anguilla. Uh, what do we do? After, after the thing. After the we thing. talk to Steven here. Um, it's actually Stevon. Stevon? How obnoxious. <laughs> actually, it's Stevon. I know it's obnoxious, but I'm Stephon. making it a thing. Stevon? That's how you say it? Vaughn. V-A-N. Stevon. The Posh one and only. Bro. You'll He's never French, meet another bro. one. I promise you. How many times in your life have you had to say to people, it's Stevon? Stevon, like, bro. Constantly? Way too many times. Yeah. <laughs> so, I <laughs> I mean, it started at birth, I guess. I got this name. Right. right? Um, and I'm Polish and Serbian, so it's a Serbian name. And my dad was really adamant about people calling me Stevan, but I grew up in Canada. So for me, I was just like, no, I, the type of person that I am, I very much cater to whoever is around me. I'm a player too. That's why my company is called player two. 
I think everyone in life is playing their own game, and I like to kind of elevate everyone else's game. So in my mind, there's a lot of friction in you trying to say, Stevon, we just had this whole engagement, and you even asked me how many times has this happened? Way too many fucking times. Yeah, yeah. So if I just introduce myself as, hi, my name's Steven Petrusik, it's a lot easier. Why don't you just change it? Just get rid of your your past. Who I cares? Mean, <laughs> <laughs> Some people care about their legacy. I've it's never like, thought about that. Your fucking ancestors were like raping and pillaging. Why are you so proud of these people? Like, come on. Well, I mean, I changed my name legally. I, in my family, I have a little bit of a tradition. So my name is only my name because my great, great, great grandfather also had the same name. And his great, great, great grandfather had the same name. So every fourth son is a Stavon. Oh. Like, but one of those guys was probably a, had a bunch of slaves. So. <laughs> I hope so. That's my point. That's kind of he would have been successful. <laughs> like I don't. I didn't have a good relationship with like my grandparents, so I never really set. You know, when people say you're like shaming the family. I never really set out set out like that. I just did that naturally. But like, I just didn't really. It, you're a lot more freer in life because I find a lot of people they have uh, constructed their life in terms of what their parents want, mm. and I didn't have that. And I had parents who were kind of just like do whatever, and it just creatively it opens you up to just. That when you show up at Christmas and people are like, what are you up to? You can be like, oh, I wrote a book called Famous Anus. Like you just, that's just who you are. You know, earlier we were talking about like truths in people. Yeah. Like the red pill, there's like a deep truth to it. Yeah. I think there's the same when it comes to the way that I construct myself around my family's like wants and ideas. It's, I'm so good at picking apart like what I think is true and what I find valuable. I just picked a few of the things not all of them so like my name i actually at some point got really proud of it i was like i really like this i am unique like fuck steven yeah like how many stevens are there like i can think of like steven crowder oh it's like the worst one it's like they're so bad they're all bad (laughs) yeah stevens are bad they all turn out bad yeah except for like maybe spielberg but even like Spielberg, it's like you're Steven Spielberg. We don't even want to talk about you because you're too good. You're mm-hmm. like, whatever. <laughs> but Stevon, Stevon is like. It's nice. It's like shit. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I think we were talking earlier about Toronto, and I think that's, I mean, I call it the apex of mediocrity. But the other thing is, like, it's just highly conformist. And uh, I don't see a lot of individuality. So it's like that would be something. It's like, oh, you, yeah, you stood out. Something unique. In yeah, a way. I used to, like, I only made this shift to really harp on the Stevon like three years ago. But for a very long time, I was Steven Petrusik. But now I'm Stevan Petrusic. And that's mm. that's my name. Oh. Like, that's who I am. Petrusic. 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 So you said Polish and Serbian? Serbian. Petrusic. Big dicks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I, can't I saw that infographic. <laughs> I know. It was like the Congo. <laughs> Literally the Congo. That was like, yeah, we knew that one. And then it was like Eastern European. You know why? And I've been with a lot of dicks. So bro, I know. Funny how you know it was why? like so quick to say, yeah. Yeah. Bro. Gang is con, bro. That's why. What? Gang is con. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gang is con. Pillage does hard, man. So do yeah. you have brothers? No. Did you ever see your dad's dick? <laughs> I did. Was it big? Re- up, totally. Yeah. Oh, shit, Yeah. Bro. <laughs> yeah. My dad had a pe- large penis, too. Like, <laughs> you just know your dad has a big dick because you're, like, in the shower. It'd be, like, your uncle, you know, whatever, and you're younger. And then you just look, and you're like, wow, my... They're not, like, fucking hooking up. Look at his face. Bro, why are you know? the naked together So we would, like, shower. go... Uh, You've you never know, you had go s- that in the bathroom? Yeah, we, when Maybe I was... that's, like, an Eastern European thing. Yeah, my dad would always wear, like, boxes around me if but we were showering like, together. But also, like, my parents See, 
deeply sexually repressed. The Indians are deeply sexually repressed. <laughs> it proves my point. <laughs> I wouldn't even call it sexual. Like yeah. in Eastern Europe, you're just comfortable like, with, yeah, with yeah, yeah. each other. With your you big know. dicks. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you have dicks that big, you yeah, tend to be more comfortable. Did you think you have... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, I try to keep a straight face on that one. But. So what is, when you're, uh, I, I assume you're straight? Yeah. When you're uh, with a woman, does she ever comment on your penis? I typically yeah. get pretty good. Like, I knew. Yeah. What's the, uh, damn. I, like, mine's like good, but it's not, I Bro, never had like I, a big I dick. got really good compliments the other day as well. Okay, yeah. well, we don't. <laughs> Again, I did. The Indians were at the bottom of the infographic, well, so I'm, it's less I'm, believable. I'm bro. It was like you in Thailand. <laughs> I'm built different, bro. Um, but but yeah, there is like. A, do you think the big dick energy thing is real? Yeah, because you seem like pretty self assured. Mm, I think it's. I mean, I I think that most people are good. <coughs> if you're good at putting up a front, of course, like confidence is confidence. But when you're with yourself, that's when you like really figure out whether you're confident or not and i think everyone has some sort of self self doubt you know you can't live life without self-doubt i think it's just part of you, you. and but you're saying not, yours isn't your dick no yeah, yeah not my dick. i don't think about yeah. that yeah i didn't know how he spun that into self-doubt. i was like what <laughs> i know well you, you were asking me like do i have self-doubt or was it just like strict no big dick penis? energy i just meant on the i meant you have big dick energy that's what i was yeah. getting at but what are your insecurities then uh, I think I have, it's like a potential problem. You know, everyone says you have so much potential and potential and potential. And that's my thing. It's like, I don't know what the fuck that means. So that's my insecurity. I'm like, am I there or, or am I not there? And that's it. It's just like this unsure because can't I, you see where you want to go in a way? Yeah. But I don't know if that's actually it because I have a debater mind. I can always play devil's advocate and it's like a gift and a curse like, mm. and I will always play devil's advocate with myself. Is that really what you want to do? It's always that voice in my head. Is, is that really it? Like, I, I think so. <laughs> like, I, I feel the thought, same, bro. I thought yeah, so yeah. five seconds ago and then you asked me that question and now I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. That's what yeah. it is. But you know what? Like uh, this is what we talked about last time. Like I think it's wherever you are. Like if you just accept that as like, yeah, this is it. What? It just becomes no, no, no. Terrible advice. Wait a second. <laughs> Let me finish. Let me finish. Just settle no, for just mediocrity. No, 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 no. Just to feel the feel of it. Like, okay, oh. if this was it, this if this was the success I was chasing, am I happy here? And if you're not, like, it's not this or like it's you have to go get to that place, and you know, it makes sense. I think it's it's also a thing about me where I'm like, is this hard enough? Like, is my life hard enough? Like, it feels hard, but is it hard enough? Like, can well, I add more? Can you add more? What you can, can always add more, but yeah. I always tell Shivam this. You really can only have two projects. The second you jump to a third, you, you're going to start to spread yourself too thin. Interesting. Yeah, you can't. Mm. I, I, two project rule, Jordan Power. That's right. <laughs> no, like, I have my business and that kind of other thing I was talking to you about, and then it's like I kind of have to focus on this. Well, he does, like, six things at a time. Is a relationship <laughs> a project? Or are uh, you talking about strictly business? Oh, for oh. me, it's a relationship oh, a project. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. I'm not really. I was actually reading Mark Manson's book. Uh, I, I finally got around to it. What was it? What's it called? Uh, it's really famous. It sold like five million copies. Mark. Um, how not to give a fuck or something. Oh yeah, yeah. there's a lot of not giving a fuck. Yeah, and I he talks a lot in that about like healing yourself and kind of knowing where you're at a certain point. And like I went through really intense therapy for like. This is this was like two years ago for like maybe six months, seven months. It was like thirty thousand dollars. It was crazy. Okay, but 
the best money I've ever spent. And I realize now that like you're talking about like projects is like I don't I'm really good with boundaries now. I was really bad with boundaries and I was really bad about fixing people so that they would need me and and want me. And I did it out there was like, oh, altruism, you know, like I'm such a good guy. I'm like helping all these wounded birds. Complex. Yeah. But mm. uh, but I really realized now, like reading that book and kind of reflecting back on my life and working on my second book right now that like looking back, I realized how far I've come and I don't I'm not into that anymore. Like relationship wise, I have no interest in fixing anyone immediately. I'm just like, no. And this other thing happened to me the other day where like someone told me how someone felt about me like pretty mean stuff close to me. And this is when I knew that therapy had worked and kind of like I'd grown as a person because share what they said now. I got to, Oh, they, (laughs) it's going to get back. It's going to get back. Um, no, I I don't, this one I actually don't want to do, but like it was someone I was really close with just did an entire mischaracterization of who I am and who I've become and where I'm at. And, um, you know, when you're younger, you're so insecure and you're always looking for like social cues and your place in the totem pole. And I just kind of had this moment where it just completely like Teflon right off me. Like it hit me and I was just kind of like, yeah, none of that's true. But when you were younger and you're like, don't know yourself and you don't have these tools, you immediately will start to get into that self doubt of like, am I those things? Am I not those things? Like, I don't know. So mine's different. Mine is never, am I those things? If I know that I'm not, my question is, why do you think that I am? You yeah, but now you want to change them. I, I don't think that's what it is. At all. I don't want to change them whatsoever. I want them to have the the ability to clearly communicate to me why they picked up on this perception. How many people can do that, like percentage wise, that you would ask? Because most people can't Probably cogently like forty percent. Art- yeah, it's like most not- people can't even cogently articulate how they feel about anything. You yeah. push them one layer beyond their political beliefs, and it just folds. Totally. So I completely agree. Yeah, like I do that with a lot of people. Where and I think other people are they- also not honest enough to tell you that they don't know, because their whole worldview will unravel too rapidly. Like when you say, you know, like I said to my sister the other day, I was like, "Do you know how many psychological operations are done on you throughout your lifetime, from like the security state and everything, big pharma propaganda?" Like these things that you believe, like, have you ever considered that, that some of them are not true at all? And but when you do that to a person, what's your answer to that? Uh, they immediately get defensive because yeah. you're basically <laughs> it's their whole identity and their beliefs. And you're saying it's all bullshit. Not all of it, but, you know, a lot of what you believe is bullshit and you haven't really inquired deeper because you don't have the time because you have kids and stuff like that. But. Yeah, mo- I, I, I talked about it on the show. It's like a lot of people will say they don't like Jordan Peterson and then you just. And again, there's there's I'm not saying there isn't criticisms of Jordan Peterson. There is criticisms of everyone. But it's like you ask them and they really just refracted through a media lens. It's not really how they believe about Jordan Peterson or their social circle. And so you ask them to cogently articulate uh, why they don't like him. And it's basically that he's transphobic. Which is just like a totally reductive way of looking at what it actually is. And it's a very nuanced conversation about like he didn't want to give up linguistics and ter- territory to the government that was really the whole thing that he was doing but almost no one gets there because it's like how do i fit in i just lick my finger and it's i too much work like this it's easier to say steven instead of stevan right yeah yeah and i will <laughs> <laughs> and i should i fucking should anyway um what are you so okay so real quick go ahead yeah i work in branding okay here comes the plug <laughs> no plug. Just a, I just want to. Think ask he dropped you a the question. name earlier. It's cool. What is your understanding of branding? What do you think branding is? Um, I think it's how 
I can hear the music again. I just heard it. It was very faint. I can't. No. Um, He's trying to run away from the question. No, no. It's, it's, <laughs> it's how you can make, I think, as many people feel, like how you make as many people feel, like the majority of people feel. I, I think, think it's identity. Like just your identity is your branding. So identity is a part of branding for sure. Um, Jordan's kind of closer to it. It's Branding is the understanding that you cannot actually control what people think of you. You can only influence it. Sure. And the brand is the feeling that is associated with whatever that brand is. So if you if you take like a symbol like Nike, for example, that logo is not their identity. That's a symbol of logo. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to conversation, I think that people have this like problem with conversation because their definitions are different. Shivam's defer- definition is different. Your definition is different. Sure. My definition is different. So the reason that I stumble when people have this perception of me that is not accurate. So you're like, I have this identity of myself. I have a brand that I want to project out to the world. And then someone comes along and goes, hey, Jordan, you're a piece of shit, dick, asshole. And I don't fucking like you. And you're actually super selfish and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, wait a second. That's not me at all. Like, how could I be selfish if I've literally spent my mental energy and anguish trying to be selfless? It doesn't make any sense. So there's there's something that has gone wrong in this messaging, in this process. And you have this gut innate feeling that I'm a dick, asshole, selfish, blah, 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 but blah. But you could blah, just blah. be a personality disorder that basically distorted everything. Like, that's okay. there's only so much that you can influence, right? If you have a person that's really scrambled and has, like, very distorted 100%. prisms, then it's not really – they're going to sc- – they can scramble anything to say. And, totally. and the biggest one is the victimhood stuff. Like, that is what people will always do. It's, like, default to victimhood when, like, you don't want to take accountability for your actions. You look around and you're like, what's the reason I don't have this? Yeah. And you see people that glom onto it are the people that can't find success. And it's, like, very easy to take apart – why they don't have success, but you don't do that in front of them like the other thing because that's <laughs> their entire worldview and their ego, and you're basically ripping it apart. But beyond that, is but I think the people need that. Uh, most people don't have the con. I said this to my mom. Most people don't have the constitution. They need three medications to get to the gym. If you then went to and gave them like really hard truths about the, how the world's run, it might just tip them over the edge. That's why people don't like me because that's all I do. Same. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's like my default. I'm a mirror. I like to kind of show people who they are because in my mind, that's how I discover, that's how I figure out how to brand myself better. Right, but then it makes you less likable. 100%. Yeah. But don't you feel free? Totally. So the so I think the inverse of that would you would enjoy. Give me an example. Being liked. Like celebrities. Like I have a friend that works in Hollywood and does, like the PR around celebrities, people have no, like what, what they see by the end result is crazy. You know, it's, Everything from you can't talk to this person at a party, you can't be photographed with them. This person is going to invoke a feeling. Yes. As soon as that happens, you will be associated with this feeling. Sure. And it's different than the one that you are trying to project. And that is branding. That is branding in its whole entirety. And it's a problem. It's a problem because we refuse to have genuine, honest conversations anymore because we're so afraid of that feeling. We're like, I want to people to feel this way and they're gonna feel this way and i'm fucking terrified of it and psychologically you're being programmed constantly to not feel this thing so what do people like what would be the worst thing that someone could say about you that would really rattle you 
uh, what's the worst thing that someone can say about me that could really rattle me? We've already know, we already know you, you don't have a, a small dick, so that, that, that will bounce right <laughs> off you. <laughs> no, that Your horse penis. <laughs> that wouldn't bother me. Um, what's something that could really bug me? Like you have, everyone has that like emotional Achilles heel that if someone hits it, um, it really triggers them. Usually, your partner knows it eventually in a relationship, and then they can use they can yeah. use it against you as like a weapon. Totally, I'm I'm trying to think about it. Um, it can be anything from like physical, or it could be family. like, yeah, or just like your well, place like, in the I'm world. I'm pretty self conscious about my teeth, like that's one thing. Um, but like, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say that there's anything that you could really tear me down on. Like I've been there. I yeah. do it with myself all the time. I am the ultimate devil's advocate. I've already had these conversations with myself. My biggest problem is actually, okay, I know it. It's when people try to tell me that I'm emotional when I'm not. So I'm having a conversation with somebody and they're like, you're becoming emotional. You're becoming passionate. You're becoming whatever. Is it emotional or passionate? I feel like those are quite different. I think that they're perceiving my passion for anger. They're like, you're getting heated, you're getting angry. I'm Which like, is their no. projection because they don't have the maturity to ha to disagree with people. Because, like, I disagree with my uh, my best friend's uh, husband is much more left-leaning than I am. And so we, like, bat heads on certain subjects. But, like, I, it's actually enjoyable for me. I actually enjoy that. I think that's I better than it. sitting with someone talking about their Instagram or whatever. Or their dog. Yeah. It, I love talking about your dog. Yeah, yeah we went for a walk. Uh, okay, or yeah. their kids, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's wearing a bow. I'm like, oh, I've seen 40 kids with this bow. Like, wow. <laughs> you know? You just would do that. Anyway. But um, what was I saying there? Damn, I got lost. Um, that they don't have the mental, yeah, mental maturity and they're projecting their anger actually yeah. onto me. Right, because they don't have the, they desire different things out of dinner. Some people just want to talk about Real Housewives or whatever. I am very similar to you. Is that like I feel like I have a lot of questions and I, I learn from other people by interacting with them, but I like high level conversations. So him and I will like go at it and his partner will be like, you guys are bumming me out. You guys are fighting. I'm like, we're not fighting. We're actually trying to <laughs> understand, understand each other. That at all. Why is it perceived as fighting? Because there's friction. No man, that's no, because it's, it's, fire, it's, it's that's not creation. perceived by fighting. It's not perceived like that way by people that are secure because they've had to be in those cantankerous situations at work where they've had to be an adult. They've had to be mature, so they know what fighting looks like. Yeah. So that kind of, like, playful banter or arguing at dinner, you know, I think you have to be in those situations in life and get through them. That's why so many people are like, how do I get self-esteem, you know? You know, you say in your 20s you got self-esteem. It's like, what is the esteemable acts? Like, what are we, what are we supposed to be impressed by here? Like, of course you're not going to be very confident at 21 because, like, what do you have to be confident about? It ha well, You have to go through life. that. Yeah, but you have to go through that process of sort of maturing and, and kind of figuring out, like, you know, I was so insecure when I was, like, 22, 23. I, I was completely different than I am now. But once you push yourself through, like, the most brutal situations, that's how you grow. There's not really a shortcut. Like, I don't feel like you – that's why when you're younger, you're always going to be more insecure because it takes so much time to develop your sense of self. That makes sense. I have a hard time, I think – when people become irate in that sense, like they hit that wall, I feel so like distraught because all I want is for them to get by it. So I'm like, can we just, can we just get over this like thing and just right. have the conversation? Cause I'm so excited about like you finally seeing this side and then I get more excited and then I get more into it. Um, and I'll say things like, I don't, I don't understand why you're upset. Like 
I feel very disconnected from this moment. Like you're obviously really emotional and I'm not at all. I need you to listen to what I'm saying and not how I'm saying it. And they can't do it. It's like your, your, your world is actually shattering. Do you think men are better at it than women? I think actually women are better at it than men. Interesting. L- I they get less more- emotional in an argument? As long as it's not an argument. So if you're having the discussion the way that we're having a conversation, I think women are more willing to play ball. And they're more malleable and they're more willing to like have their world shattered. I think men are so attached. It's like lockjaw. They just don't want to let go of this like conception or reality or this thing that they've tied themselves to. Yeah. And they'll fight to the death for it. Whereas women, they'll like, they're malleable. They'll let go. They're fluid in their ideas and their conversation. The problem though is how you package it. So I think with a man, you can make him swallow. Sorry, go a little closer to the mic. Sorry. My producer should have told you that. <laughs> he's, he's just sitting, he's sitting in the peanut gallery. You got to worry about the sound. the show, bro. Okay. <laughs> I think with a man, you can make him swallow a pill easier as long as it's packaged that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and with a woman, like you kind of have to give it to her in, it can't be a pill. Like it has to be kind of broken apart. Broken apart. Yeah. yeah. There needs to be fluff to it. They're more spiritual. They're more like, like they have bigger imaginations. They're not logic focused like men are. Men are like, okay, move rock here. And like, okay, great. Rock was moved. Like everybody goes fucking crazy. Shirts come off. Everyone Woo-hoo. starts fucking yeah. dancing. With women, it's like there's culture. They're like taking history. It's like how many rocks were moved and what happened. And like yes. Who'd moved, who moved the rock? And it's well, like I think it cuts stories. both ways because it's like when you're emotional, you produce good art, good music. Yeah. Um, you also inject a level of like humanity into capitalism, which it needs at points. But then the problem, as I always say in the show, is if you get too emotional, you will get crushed in business. 100%. Because the top the top of the pyramid is sociopaths. So it's like if you're down here and you're like an emotional case about everything and how it's triggering you when you were 14. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not just saying that's like a wo- that's like a woman thing. But you know when like you say something with someone and it's like their their childhood comes popping out at you. If you get too emotional about that or you get in a, a situation where your business is on the line and you can't like focus your brain, you get crushed. You only can really be emotional and really succeed like that in the entertainment business and like certain academia. The rest mm-hmm. of the world is pretty unforgiving to that. It, you don't have to bring it always to business, but if you're a very emotional person, it can start to work against you. Are you sure? Yeah. What about like, okay, how, how controversial can we get on here? <laughs> oh, bro. I on. usually talk about my asshole for what, 46 <laughs> minutes an episode? <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Whatever. Okay, well, every, nobody wants to talk about him, but like Hitler right now. Sure. Right? He's kind of coming back up or whatever. All yeah, he's right. pop. He's We're pop going right. Kanye West in this. Well, there <laughs> goes the sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would just argue that he's like pretty emotional, but also successful in a business sense. True. Right? He got from point A to point B. You're point right. A to point B. Highly emotional, highly erratic. Now, is that the exception that doesn't make the rule or does that actually happen a lot more in business? Because I feel it's about controlling it. You have, so you have to have the demon inside you, but you, to, you have to be able to control it. Okay. That is what I didn't learn. I had the demon, like, not like, I don't mean like sociopath demon, but I had the like aggressive strategic kind of big business demon inside me. Um, and, you had it or you still have it? Oh, I still have it, but I just, I, it's in a cage now and it's trained. Because, Does that bother you? Uh, no, because if you don't have that, you, you'll you hit a ceiling in business. You absolutely will. Interesting. Yeah, you will. Because I think a lot of people think that they're going to go, it, it's not just about you. It's about people 
And I'm talking about like really high echelons. It's like people are going to come for your business. People are going to sue you. People are going to come for your little kingdom. So you have to have that and be able to tap into that. Um, and I think that then you put it away when you're with your girlfriend or when you're with your dog. You don't like bring the beast out all the time. But it's just some people have the beast and you can use therapy to kind of, you know, get them to heal a little bit. So what were some of the things that you did in your $30,000 therapy that like helped you tame your beast? Um, the first thing is within 45 seconds of being there, she looked at me and like, I'm just used to kind of getting my own way in life. You just okay. kind of steamrolling. I don't know if people can tell. <laughs> uh, but I was there to learn. I was like, I was very humbled by it. Like she's $300 an hour. Like she knew her shit. And I sat down and then I said something and she just looked at me and she was like, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was something like, why do you not, why don't you feel like you're responsible for these things in your life? And cause I was just, you know, we do that thing that you do that like my friends mean to me and like my girlfriend's been treating me bad for nine months, blah, blah, blah. And like the answer to all that is it's you, you control what you'll accept in life. And I just came in there being like, this person's treating me like this. And eventually with even two sessions, she was like, no, 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 you tolerate all this. This is what you're drawn to. And you have to own the fact that like you let these people into your life. It's like if you're dating someone and they're abusive for nine months, why can't you leave? And that's where you start from is that place of like radical responsibility. Like, hey, things are going to happen to you. People get cancer and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, most of it's on you. What you put in your mouth, how many hours you spend at the gym, how many hours of how sleep hours you get, yeah. the way you improve your vocabulary so you can improve, you earn more money in business situations, the people you let in your life, the people you tell to leave, all that is all you. And that's one of the hardest things for someone who, like myself, was more of a victim. Interesting. To get through because the worst person, you could like look in the mirror and be like, oh, that shit was me. <laughs> like I dated the loser. Yeah. Why? Other people saw the loser and were like, no thanks. Why? And obviously that goes back to like your childhood and stuff like that. But I love living my life like that. I feel very empowered that like you're going to be at the mercy of certain things. But for the most part, feeling that you're completely in control of your life and almost every facet, you feel kind of unstoppable. But again, it takes time and it also takes like knowing yourself through this psychoanalysis. I have a deep question for you. Sure. Now, did you put the demon in the cage or is the demon steering the ship? Because in my mind, good there is like a big ego part of this. Just from like the vocabulary that you're using, right? You're like, I have almost as much control as I can over my life. And to me, that's your ego. You cannot let go. You don't want to let go. You don't want things around But you. let go of what? The control. But Why if I don't control, control certain... Chaos in? If I don't control certain situations, like if you think about like entrepreneurship, this show, everything, it's like little levers that I have to basically, I have a certain way of like doing tasks I can show you after, but like I tried to show up to ship them. I don't know if you adopted it, I do, yeah. but it's basically like, I think of like my, I just have plants in front of me all day. So you have like the body plant, the food plant, business one, business two, podcast, book promotion. And I just find a way to water every plant every day, just a little bit more. So they all kind of rise in the whole, in the same way. But I need, uh, I make peace with the fact that like I'm not going to control everything, but I have to control a lot of those facets. So that I think, I I think part of wanting to not give up control is I don't feel like if if I give up control to other people, I can only give up so much because I feel like I don't know if I fully trust them yet. 
or or most people, frankly. Yep. That um, makes sense. So that's part of it. And like, of course, you want to you can trust someone who's competent. Like I trust Shivam with the show, but it takes time to build that relationship. How much time does it take for you to kind of intuitively understand whether you trust somebody or not? Two years. <laughs> 36 years I think maybe. Um I don't think I don't know if I, uh I don't I don't know if I fully there's only a few people I fully trust. Do you fully trust yourself? That's the person I trust the most. Okay. So true. that and I don't even think that's like a like I remember one time I looked up narcissistic personality disorder and I looked it up and I was like <laughs> I just like want to know it. because like there's a fine line between like high self-esteem and and getting there but then also like I, and i'm really not i actually scored it was like kind of average um noob but i i have a great relationship with myself that like i travel alone i rely on myself i like i know if i can take care of myself that everything will work out so that's part that of it sense. yeah is like but again it, i didn't have that confidence at i don't know when but i was younger. also with the control thing like i, I think you've managed to like keep uh, limited control like you only have like those six things you control and yeah. that's it like as much as i know you he doesn't control like social interaction and those stuff like even when we have like guests on and everything like, i can see like he it's it was harder before i think two years ago when we did the show we, you were more in control of the conversation but oh yeah we started like letting like flow let, letting it flow and so, so yeah, i only yeah. I, I try to do that when the guest sucks but the guest is good today yeah but oh, you would like that. you would say that when we would it's have a guest on i'm like in my yeah, big dick yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's get that on the patreon <laughs> But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just limited control, and I think that's like the key because you can't just lose all the control and just accept everything. Because that have you ever tried? Yeah, and after a while, it, it's the uh, the other extreme of the line, right? Like one extreme is just having too much control, and the other extreme is having no control. Both will damage you in the long run, so you just have to like have limited control you and find that thing. scale. Yeah, you gotta find it. Yeah, I think you're almost there. Or like all, oh, there. Are you, am I being yeah. judged? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm <laughs> taking score and I think you're uh, yeah. 9.2 out of 10. Yeah. Shit. There's, some, there's some deeper things to uncover have here. Have you Shaman, ever done you uh, psychedelics? I have not, no. Oh, cause you what? were just saying, you were just saying about the uh, letting go. It That helped me a lot with letting go because once you get so high up in like the LSD trip, but I've done probably like five, you can only let go because things are literally outside your control. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, so what's really cool about LSD, and I really like use it as a medicine, is it creates this um, neurocognitive flexibility. So you have all these wires in your head, right? And it's very hard, you can one by one, but you could start to take them apart. So you do that in therapy after months and months and months. But what LSD does, it sort of breaks those bonds apart and most of them are gonna fuse back together in the same way, you know, we have our biases and our patterns that we go by, but there's a few of those that you can kind of play with and say like, what am I scared of? What about this? And if you use it in that moment, 12 hours about, I would say about 10 sometimes. But it feels like five minutes. Uh, parts of it, well, <laughs> no, like last time I did it, my friend and I really wanted it to end and we knew we had like an hour left and we were just like, oh, cause you get in your head, but it really, improve my life in a lot of ways and interesting it, you have to let go you have to let go of people in your past because they're heavy but also like you just have to let go of a lot of like i think it for me it was like that final thing to be like why not me meaning like i've worked with really rich people and made them really rich and like i see the second house and i'm like why not me but you know i'm, I'm getting there but it's that final thing to just be like yeah why not me like so why not 
Well, I'm, I'm getting the there. Like I'm, well, I'm. What's stopping you now? Like why not you? What has stopped you in the past, and what's stopping you now? Uh, I think it just it's just take it takes time to get good at business entrepreneurship. Like it really, it took me ten years to get good at what I do now and charge a lot of money for. Um, I feel like I've met my reflection in a weird way. <laughs> Your gay <laughs> reflection with a smaller dick. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I've met my God. <laughs> well, that's what I keep saying to Jordan all the time. Like I see myself in you a lot. Like, yeah, well, as, as I think I think we all have a nexus between yeah. all of us, and it's just sort of. Uh, you know, I can never. It's like you're probably the same way. I can't work for anyone. Like I'm just a brat. I'm just a nat. I don't have a respect for authority. I don't like office politics. I don't have respect for traditions. Yeah, that's the problem. You have to be inauthentic in a in certain environments. Like, are you gonna do the land acknowledgement every time you get on Zoom? Be no. honest. No. Do you, does do would you enjoy doing that? Would it, would it not feel like your soul was rotting if you didn't want to do it and you were for you know compelled speech by the way. Like, if you don't want it, like, first of all, it's a hollow performative gesture. It, why don't you just give them the land back? Number one, <laughs> it's just like a bullshit white person thing, right? But secondly, you know, my friends are in these environments now, and it's like actually even more of an argument for doing it on your own, like we are and stuff like that. Is it like, my friends, like, I wear a mask for like eight hours a day. I don't say certain things. I don't bring up certain my political opinions. I use pronouns I don't even agree with. Um, I'm scared of getting thrown in HR. I feel like I'm becoming this like robot. So I worked for this company uh, in my early days in an agency, a creative agency. And the biggest feedback I got was culture. They're like, you don't fit the culture. Like, Which is what? Like, you got to go out and have drinks and like socialize and whatever. But I'm like, I put my head down. I get work done. I don't give a fuck about the fluff. I don't care about it. I'm like all about result and impact and all that. Right. Um, so at some point, the conversations got to the point where they were like, okay, you need to go see a therapist because like you seem depressed and i was like am i depressed like maybe and then i started thinking about like my life and i was like oh fuck like maybe i'm unhappy with some things but i realized that i was just unhappy with constantly being told that i'm like here when i know i'm i'm like fucking 10 years ahead of sure. all of these people um and that was really frustrating because i would start talking to them about something and it's like some stupid belief or like some cockroach that just lives in their brain that they won't exterminate is just fucking running around in there. Well, it's because the conformity is comfortable and it's actually great for a corporate environment. You, it's a way of control. It's like the CCP. It, you just want to control everyone. They can have certain thoughts, opinions. They have to go to the bar. They don't want to go to the bar. It's it's just a way of trying to like, you know, you see it, saw it with COVID, how they just like took us like into like a herd and tried to like just force things on us. <laughs> it's, it, it's a way of controlling people. It's easy as a boss to do that. But I think it backfires because people like you were like, get me the fuck out of this. Well, they get intimidated. Yeah. Like my boss was literally intimidated when I left um, for the last, for like the three, four weeks. Cause I was really close with the rest of the people there, even though I wasn't like socially close with them. I wasn't doing social norm stuff, but which is what putting your pronouns in your email pronouns in my email or like going out black to the, lives matter on your team bar with them or <laughs> whatever, you know, or just not like going out to these gatherings. Like I'm, I'm not interested. Um, because when, they're not interesting. Isn't that kind of the answer? No. A lot of them aren't. No, because I think that if they spent their time differently, they'd be a lot more interesting. So when I do talk to them, like one, one of the guys, his name's Razzie. Um, you can look him up on Instagram and TikTok now. He's got like over millions of followers. And when we worked together at the agency, I was like, dude, you're going to go far and you need to keep doing what you're doing. And now he's like the most ripped fucking guy I've ever met in my life. And we used to, I used to bike two hours from my apartment to his place just to shoot him doing like workout videos and help him film content and just to give him inspiration to keep going. To me, like you're interesting. Let me help you do what you're doing. 
But if you don't have anything outside of work other than, oh, I just want to go drink, like, we did the work shit. Now I want you to, f- to work on you. Oh, do people disappoint you a lot? Yeah. Yeah, I can feel it. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I think you're waiting for people to elevate to your level, and it's not going to happen. You just yeah, why well, do you expect them to you're be just, better? You're, you're, you're an outlier. Embrace it. No, but also, like, why do you feel like you need to expect something intellectually stimulated? Special. He needs to be intellectually stimulated. But I also don't feel special. I don't feel like an outlier. Like, okay, my ego does at some, like, to some point. That's I just, just said your I'm dick. 10 yeah. years ahead, like, yeah. whatever. At some point, intellectually, I can I can have an, a conversation and be like, okay, you're not going to get to where, where I want to go. Why? What do you mean? Why, do, why aren't you going to get to the top, the very top? No, I just mean no, no, in the conversation. conversation. Oh, okay, so okay. So if I'm having a conversation with someone, I can quickly pick up if they're going to, mm. if we're going to latch on and actually go somewhere. Sure. Um, but then when I hit that wall, I get, I get disappointed and frustrated because I don't feel like an outlier. I'm like, if I could get there, I know you could too. In the mic, sorry. If I can get there, I know you could too. Yeah. And then I feel disappointed in myself because I didn't do a good enough job at like leading them to the water. It's like, did I actually lead you to water or did I just lead you to a dry fucking spout? It's like you're trying to control them because you want them yeah. to like you. See, my partner says the same thing. Yeah. She says that it's a control thing, but yeah. I personally genuinely don't feel that way. So maybe there's because that it's so map. common and natural for you to do it, and you've always done it. That's why it doesn't feel like it's maybe. an ego thing. Maybe it's like there's a. You should do the same. Like yeah, I, I there's like a darker too, yeah. component to it. It's like you want them to to like you. You that's where you're leading them towards you. You're trying to lead yeah. them to you. But do you genuinely feel that way? Uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I don't get a... Ugh, even if it's away from me. People are not going to like this. Even if it's literally away from me, like the whole saying of if you love it, let it go. So my definition... Yeah, but you need to... These people okay, These people are not going to elevate to where you want them to be there. Most people just want to like fart and watch the mass Singer. Uh, I think if you're waiting for them to like not want to get drunk or like get into a deep conversation with you or like dissect personalities... Uh, I think you're going to be disappointed unless you go to an area where that's very common, like a New York City, a London, that kind of vibe. The The most disappointed I get is when someone tells me something differently and then we're working together to, to make that happen. Like they want it. You can see it in them. You're like, I see the little dream in you and I just fucking <laughs> make it real. And they they want it so bad, but they don't put in the work because they don't want it enough bro he's yeah. just describing my last relationship <laughs> well let's not slam her she works for the company <laughs> oh, that's true <laughs> but yeah, ashi no, i, I love it. you i'm on team ashi <laughs> you do great work for the show oh yeah thanks ashi <laughs> shout out to ashi ashi God yeah, rest no, no, it was like yourself. i thought the same but like i found out like after my breakup i shouldn't have done those things uh because you're trying to build up someone else's dreams so much you forget yourself thanks <laughs> yeah you forget yourself and you get to a point where you feel like it's your responsibility to build somebody up but it's not and it has never been and and you start to feel this way but your partner or like whoever like you're doing this for uh he or she would not feel the, the word same. is resent yeah, they and they would resent you. you. They would be like, bro, why are you trying to because control my you, life? if you bring them enough, yeah. they'll know that they didn't get there on their own and they'll hate themselves for it. Yeah. Meaning like they'll know deep down actually the only reason they got there is because you kind of like push them and yeah. secretly they will resent yeah. you for it. It's also why I don't give unsolicited advice anymore. I used to do it all the time. Yeah, uh, when people will be like like in a situation, like their relationship's falling apart and it's so clear that their partner's like an addict or whatever it is. Or some sort of toxic thing or whatever. I just stay back. Because there's not really 
if you ask me for advice, I will always be honest, of course. But I used to do that all the time because, again, people just it's about how you were saying the branding, how you make them feel. You make them feel like a nagger who doesn't trust them and you're interfering in their life. Interesting. They start to be like, he's always trying to do this for me, blah, 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 because it's like um, the kids who their parents give them a business and they know deep down that they're kind of dumb and like it's just all (laughs) just luck. Then they never feel adequate. Right. And they run into problems there because they look around and they go, yeah, I didn't earn any of this. And that's why you see like the nepotism babies and all that kind of coming up right now, because there is like a truth to it that like, Hey, some people just go, I got a yacht. Fuck it. And that's the great part. But I I like, I wholeheartedly disagree with this like ideology because what? Okay. Let's say the nepotism baby, right? There's the nepotism baby who gets the business and fucking tanks it and destroys it and runs it into the ground. And then that person's perception of them, their parents' perception of them, of them being an idiot or whatever is true. And then there's the nepotism baby that goes, fuck your perception of me. I'm going to take your business and triple it and then own it. And this is mine now. Like, uh, no, no, the majority I, I, of it I, I think where it differs is Hollywood. That's where it's been, the context of it has been in Hollywood is that like these, the only reason, you know, Hollywood's like a one in 10 million chance or whatever. The only reason they got that part because they're Reese Witherspoon's daughter and stuff like that. If you take over a business of your dad's and you triple it, more credit to you. I think more in Hollywood, it's like the only reason you're there. And then, you know, the PR machine and everything else elevates people in Hollywood to more than they are kind of thing. Do you think that, okay. I, I agree with you and I disagree. And now we're getting into the what a debater. Stuff. Yeah, wow. I know. You're going to be so fucking annoyed. You're supposed to be adversarial. <laughs> That's your whole thing. <laughs> I'm an adversarial advocate, so it's uh, it's fun. I'm curious to know, like, do you think that it's the machine that's creating this, like making this real, or there are outlier people who can do it for themselves, right? Because we now live in a time and an age where you have your own studio. It's just resources, though. Guest on your show. Yeah. We can say resources all we want, but like we could have done this with phones. Like I could have sat a phone up and we could have done this. And like you already own it. And so does most people. We're already like cyborgs to a degree. I I, I think there's something else. Like when you're talking about um, the control aspect, I think I am definitely being perceived as a control freak and that I have this nagging problem and I love this conversation because I feel like we're going to get there at some point. But oh, we're already there. Oh, we're there? Yeah, we already know you're a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> we're controlling the conversation right now. We just want to see how deep it goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm, I, I, don't think, I don't think that way because what I do is I only base my decisions off of external information. So like if I'm going to influence your life in some sort of way, I will, I will, I know the, lo- the lines I'm toting. I refuse to manipulate you in any way. So it's good that you're already kind of doing that in your own light. You're like, I don't give out unsolicited advice. To me, it depends on the situation. There's context to everything. There's gray area to literally every situation. But if I can extract the information out of you and then you're telling me something and I get excited about that, I'm going to run with it because that's the kind of person I am. Like, if you But how does that have to deal with the Hollywood nepotism thing? Okay. Because so my point there was that it's maximizing the outcome, meaning like, so people are like, you know, uh, if they're a bad actor or whatever, they're not going to, it's not going to keep going the machine, but you can maximize the outcome. So you live in a safe place. You, you know, you, you have so many hours that you don't have to like 
do different things for your house. Like these rich kids, everyone just waits on them. So they get also the best acting classes, the $30,000 a month publicist. So what their parents are doing and using money to is like maximizing the outcome, meaning like we could do this podcast low rent, but I have like a greater goal. So I maximizing the outcome. If I had more resources, this show would grow a lot faster, but we're kind of all where, where we're at sort of thing. Mm. I can see that. I, I might feel that there's always this like there's more or there's like a different way or whatever. So I also have this idea that when you're living your life, you're writing your book or your essay or your story, right? But as you're writing it, you're going word by word. And it's really hard for a lot of people to look back and yeah. all the paragraphs and be like, oh, wow, look at this shit that I've been writing. When you get like locked into a career or Hollywood or something, right? You get this like opportunity and then that opportunity turns into 10 opportunities. And then you're like fucking six years ahead, like fast forward and you're just like something else now. Yeah. You found yourself here. It's sometimes really difficult for those people to pull back and be like, oh shit, that's what I just did for six years. I just do that constantly day by day where I just like go out and in, out and in, out and in. So when people talk to me, I listen to them and I go, I see where I see what you're writing and I see where you are. And then I start asking a few questions. And that when we start unraveling that world, yeah, that's when things get fucked up. Sure. But, but it also mind, you don't know what the future holds. So you can't only like pull back in one way. Yeah, right. It's in the past. You know, it's like it's like. Yeah. I mean, that's that's uncertainty is just the truth of life. Yeah. I'm writing actually my book right now. The theme is like impermanence. Okay. And uh, because I was trying to find a through line, I was just writing all these stupid stories. And I was like, again, trying to figure out how they all connect. And the through line is impermanence. And I've been reading about like Buddhism and, um, and oh, Buddhism. Nice. You did start that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in Buddhism, you know, the idea is basically that um, nothing is too. Thanks, man. like nothing is permanent. Everything's changing at every moment. And uh, so I'm trying to make peace with all the people that come into your life and like the weird thing is you meet like 5,000 people, let's say in your life and like almost none of them will change anything. And then like one person can completely change, you know, kind of like the butterfly effect idea. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to work on that and kind of make peace with the fact that like life is sort of all for everything. And then also nothing at the same time, meaning like what Mark's point in the book is largely like, we're all just specks of dust and like we think we're going to be remembered like a thousand years from now because it's like our whole ego and our legacy Isn't that like a very religious catholic christian thought like you are like you are dust and you will return to dust isn't that just like a yeah but i'm but i'm talking about the more c component is like we think all these things and then um at, and life is like amazing it's like the movie like you're saying but it's also at the same time like it's a way of not giving a fuck because you can also just be like who gives a fuck like we're just specks of dust we're just spinning in the universe like whatever just and it's a way of like if you think life is like all for something and you try to tightly control it you're going to give so many fucks so i think mark what he does in his book is really illustrates that like just have a good time because like we take ourselves so seriously and that's why we care so much that makes sense it's hard to unwind though and just sort of you know, because you feel like at the same time, like this is my one life. This is my, you see what people do for their legacies. Like look at Madonna's face. It's like, that's someone who like doesn't want the party to end. <laughs> like, but, like, but it, it goes but, from like, I don't want the party to end to getting hit by a fucking train. Like it doesn't make sense yeah, because she's going under the knife. Probably every, like we're talking about like major surgery every like five to, or let's say three to five years. She's having major surgery on her body, new butt, new tits, 
because she doesn't want to let go because fame is the most addictive drug and she doesn't want the party to end. And part of me goes, oh, my God, you're sick. And then part of me goes like, I kind of get it. I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Like I don't. And that's where I that's where I struggle is like, are you sick or are you in control? And is it the demon or is it you? you yeah. Because like, are you putting yourself in the cage or are you putting the demon in the cage? And that's the that's the tough thing. Do you think you have a demon? Hundred percent. Everybody has a demon. What is your demon like? Like what is like every you know it's like Pokemon. Like what's like your demon's like superpower? Charizard. Fire. Fire. Yeah. Like it's bro, it's Charizard, rage. Bro. It is like pure rage. Have you ever gotten a fist fight? Oh yeah, I used to fight a lot actually. Fight club. So do you think that you've gotten better at putting it in the cage? I'm. Or you mister you directed it to another thing. No, I feel like I got good at putting it in the cage. I'm worried that um, something that I worry about is that it, if I don't let it be a part of me, then I'm like losing like Yourself. me as a as a person. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes I wonder. It's like, do I need to do I need to be the demon or do I not need to be the demon? And to your point, like a lot of my business transactions are very very difficult because I choose not to be the demon. I'm like, I will not be the fucking demon. I'm the gonna, demon in business. It works. We're gonna do this like. No, 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 no. You listen, I'm not talking about like demon, like, but, but in your, it's a client relationship. They are going to respect the demon. We respect demons. We elevate demons, narcissists. Yeah. So if you just, don't, even if you aren't that, we always are like, you're trying to be too humble and like, you know, the self-effacing office person. You want definitely some of that because then you become real. But at the same time, like people, it's like the cocky dude at the bar. Chicks love it. The cocky dude at the bar gets a lot of action because we are still attracted but to narcissists. Men hate it. And especially men, men what other men hate doing business like that. Is no, that what you're no, saying? No, no, I don't think so. No, men who are who perceive themselves to be above you, and I and I'm talking about a very specific client right now, they <laughs> Just say their name. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> no one's listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, they fucking hate it. They hate it because they're like, You're not you're not there. And I'm like, You're so full of shit. Like I've I'm, it, I'm so Yeah, they want to subjugate you because then then they're still above you. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're a lot younger than them. It's threatening. Uh, you, you become like a punk. Exactly. They don't think you know your place, but the answer is that you just did the game faster than them. Meaning like you can master someone's career really well if you put your nose to the grindstone for like six months. Totally. And just like I taught myself media buying in six months and just started millions I tell, of dollars. I tell everybody you can learn a four-year degree if yeah. you really want to in six months online. No problem. Why Get don't people down. though? This is this, this is my back my to the thing. Exact yeah. thing that I was talking about before. People have these little dreams in their heads. Yes, but when you want to help them, and it's like, okay, let's do it. It's like when you put a camera on somebody, right? Everyone talks all game and whatever, and you put a camera in their face, and then they freeze yeah. up. That's the fucking problem. Until they're drunk, and then you know, figure out who they are, because the defenses are down. I don't know. The drunk thing is kind of weird for me. I think people change when they when they have alcohol a little bit. I do. I actually don't really drink anymore. I've had like five drinks in like four months. But it's contradictory to what you just said. Why? It's it, probably because it turned me into a dick. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, it just made me more uh, ego-driven, for sure. Cannabis makes me warm, welcoming, uh, goofy, which is nice. That frivolity that you need in your life. Yeah. Uh, alcohol just made me... Uh, and I think also, as you get older, it actually changes how it interacts with your body. When I was younger, I could just, like, bounce back very well. But then, like, you hit 35, and it's like a day and a half hangover. Like you still feel it like going like you, you, you literally still feel it and you're like and then you're I think your anxiety and stuff gets so fucked up. But I'm also like I was showing you earlier, like I'm a huge health junkie now. Like I want to feel 
close to 100% as possible. And for me, I was like, I'm doing all these things. So, and then to like take the class A carcinogen in your mouth, it's just like, I don't know, it doesn't work for me. Tell me what it feels like to be almost 100%. Like how Off long booze? No, I just mean like you said right now, your goal is to be like 100%. Health wise. Yeah, so health-wise. what I do is I wake up in the morning, I got the red light, do it naked. Uh, then I do a cold shower in the morning, uh, gets the testosterone going. Straight cold? Uh, I do warm for a bit and then I do cold uh, in the last like two, three minutes. And then do you do gradually or do you just go hard cold? No, you got to turn your back and then you just like kind of visualize that you're like, this is sounds so, listen, all this stuff sounds (laughs) cheesy. I'm not telling you when to like do this, but like I've dramatically changed my life like in a lot of ways. I just kind of envision like I'm powerful and I'm strong and I can handle this. Like anything, boom, hits me and I just kind of, you know, and what it does is also thickens your hair really well. Um, and then you get out and then I spray, um, magnesium oil on my body, which is kind of like mellows me out. Um, fish oil. no magnesium I'm oil. It's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, imagine it was fish oil. I didn't even realize this whole time. And then I also lately have been, uh, removing, uh, as much poisons from my life. Cause I don't think people understand that. Like, you know, a, a 67 year old in 2000 has the same testosterone level as a 22 year old born today. So fertility rates have halved, but also like. The 22-year-olds, they are dramatically, like, 60% of the testosterone is of their grandfathers. And a lot of that is because just, like, everything we ingest, even filtered water, is still a problem. So my thoughts are, like, I got to get myself to as close to 100%. So, like, my toothpaste is organic now. I don't use deodorant anymore. What I basically, because all that smell is, is um, it's odor. So what I do is I take uh, rubbing alcohol and like a spray and then it's got like lemon essential oil drops. Like I bought it and I just, if it's stinky, I just do it once a day. That's it. Um, and then I also take like a lot of supplements. One of the supplements I was telling Shivam about, this is super interesting, is like, so what I learned from my stepdad, he worked in um, basically major corporations would hire him to say like, we're going to put out a cream. Can you tell me if this is going to give people cancer? Interesting. Yeah, really interesting work. And he would base his his whole thing is like basically like the five hundred dollar cream is the same as the thirty dollar cream. But um, one of the things he's been telling me about because I'm into like a lot of alternative health stuff, and one of the things I've been learning for a lot of people is that like um, as sunscreen use in Australia went way up like three times, the skin cancer rates went up five times. So it's not just the sun; it's also like seed oils and stuff like that. But what my stepdad was explaining to me is like two of the major ingredients that are in sunscreen are linked to cancer. So there's a belief that as sunscreen use goes up, you run to that problem. Some people have gone carnivore and they don't burn in the sun anymore the same way. But I've, I started taking this supplement called, what the fuck is it called? Ash. I'm going to, I'm going to butcher it. It's like ash to Xanthan. And it's the red in pink flamingos and crabs and lobsters in their shells. And um, it's basically like an internal sunscreen. So when I was away in Anguilla, like two weeks ago, I started taking it. Flex. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> no uh, sunscreen. Like, I didn't do a lot of sunscreen. A little bit. And I could go in peak sunlight for like three, four hours and not burn. But I'm fair. Like, this is me tanned. So you can imagine. That's interesting. I remember when I was younger that I wouldn't burn at all. Yeah. And I never use sunscreen. Like, literally, I've never, very rarely, like, maybe 20, I can 30 see. times yeah. in my life. Like, I just don't use it. Mm-hmm. Um but I I remember very vividly in like my I would say like from seven to like fourteen ish years, my mom and I would go to the pool on Woodbine pretty much every summer, like every summer. And I'm out there in the 
blazing hot sun, just like whatever. And I would, I would cook and I would tan, but I wouldn't burn. I would never burn. And all the yeah. kids around me would be burning. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Not until I was like 18, 19, 20, did my skin start to just like start burning. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, why is this happening to me? So I wonder if there was some sort of like vitamin or mineral that I had in my body uh, naturally. It's just, it's, it's largely the prevalence of seed oils. So like, I don't, I don't eat any seed oils. Like I only cook with like butter and seed oils are basically omega-6s. They're linked to like mass inflammation. And what the, what the, there was this big movement back in the day that like, you know, like margarine instead of butter. Yeah. So they, they like poison people with all these seed oils and that's why like heart rates has, have gone up. People go, it's like red meat and stuff like that, but there are you know, tribes and stuff that just eat meat and they're fine. It has to do with the seed oils and the seed oils are also linked to the sun problem. So they like increase in melanoma. So some people will just go pure carnivore with butter so and they don't burn. So it's just all food advertising. Yeah, I don't think people understand how much we're poisoned in a day. Like I just removed two things from my house, but like your cell phone in your pocket destroys your testosterone. Interesting. Yeah, like that's one thing. Airbuds are actually, AirPods are really bad for you, but I'm not going to give that up. But little things like that, like... Just to escape from being poisoned, organic meat, organic produce, stuff like that is like a lot of money and time. But for me, it's a worthwhile investment because I truly feel the past little while. I mean, I have a chronic illness that I cured, but what was it? Uh, ulcerative colitis. What's that? It's basically an autoimmune disorder where your body eats your colon. Um, so it just starts eating itself. And so like sometimes I would shit like 12, 13 times a day. Nice. Like, nice. Good job, nice. bro. Big ones. <laughs> well over the target. I thought it was two. Uh, and, like, you can lose blood. You can... I was close to having my colon removed. And then I went on, like, a basically a carnivore diet with, like, raw milk and um, fruit. And then, like, started doing all the supplement stuff. And, like, not only did it go away completely, but no medication. Nice. So then that, that, like, led me on this whole path to, like, how can I biohack? Like, one of the things that I tried last night is uh, sleeping with tape over your mouth. Have you what heard of this? The f- no. Yeah. Fuck? So that okay. you force yourself to breathe through to your breathe nose. Through your nose cuz you're not yeah, really supposed yeah. to mouth breathe. Like, I saw it on TikTok. I thought it was like yeah. a funny little joke. Like again, you. some of this stuff is like super wacky, yeah. but then you do it like the many things I've been doing and you know, the spray the magnesium oil on your body, yeah. you just like mellow out. Like do you feel it? I sprayed it on you earlier. I mean, I was smoke some yeah, yeah, I know. So, yeah. But yeah, this stuff is like you just want to get yourself to as close to 100 percent because then it's like you can then do all the things you want in your life. Like totally you you're at 100 percent. So now you can achieve like the best. But most people like I say these things to them and they just like look at me like I'm crazy, like drinking raw milk. Like it's a no brainer. But why do you think that they think you're crazy? Uh, like because just... they don't have high trait openness is what it's called. It's just the curiosity and the ability to like open their mind and then that starts to because most people are programmed from the time they're born through this like neoliberal agenda and like mass propaganda through the media that very few actually like escape let's say the matrix like very much like deprogram themselves that like how big pharma actually works and how the military industrial complex works and stuff like that so they haven't even done that with that so the idea that they're then gonna try to figure out their body like really if most people healed their gut issues that er would be half filled i don't think many people realize when they get to the er and they're sick like how many bad decisions went into that some they don't even know like their you know dishwasher detergent or whatever but like that's so it's like you want to avoid that you're by doing all the stuff i do i'm like investing in my future 
Um, you know, I, I think a lot of chronic illness, like, so I think it's interesting that people would look at you and think that you're like crazy when in reality, if we break what down, what you're saying is like, I want to live a long, healthy life. Yeah. What's crazy. Yeah, but it just that. makes and, and him if, different from other people. And they're just, but that's, but th yeah. if but it was easy, everyone would do it. It's the same thing about the, entrepreneurship. Uh, what's the common saying nowadays? Are you like, it's, <laughs> it's like, I want to live like, live fast, die young. It's so prevalent mm. in our day and age. Right I think now. that's a Gen Z thing because you guys are all disaffected and dopamine drained. You guys, I'm not Gen Z, I'm a millennial. Oh, are you really? I'm the last yeah. one. I'm yeah, right yeah, on the, the last one. That's Nin a weird place to be. Is the last I'm one, right yeah. on the edge. Same, same with me. Yeah. Why do you think oh, I, I always thought you were Gen Z? I'm not, no. I tote the line with everything, bro. <laughs> everything. I know both sides. I know the chaos same. of Gen Z where they're like, fuck it, nothing matters. And yeah. like, we're all just going to die. So why does it like, who gives a shit? Yeah. And then I have millennials who are like, moving into the boomer era and they're so terrified of being old and like what that looks like. And then there's people like you who are trying to control every aspect of it. Yeah. They're like my body is a temple. This is the only thing I can control. I'm going to live forever. So, <laughs> well, I, I, okay. Whoa. That was quite, that was quite a reach. I was like, I was like, it was like slippery slope fallacy, right? Like it was, it was like one, two agreeable. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, let me ask you something. Do you think that we were born in the time where you can live to like a thousand? Uh, I actually listened to a podcast the other day about it. I don't know, not a thousand, but um, he was explaining that like the people today that are about 50, the life expectancy by the time they get up to like 80 will have jumped 20 years to a hundred. Mm -hmm. So it's very likely then we're under that. So we could get 120, but you have to invest now. Like there's certain things you can't reverse. Like I agree. So it's, but people don't invest. They, they eat themselves to 300 pounds and replace their knees. So I went to 210. I was 210 Oof. pounds and I looked myself in the mirror and I was like, fuck this. I didn't even you didn't feel beautiful? I thought the body positivity started. <laughs> You're beautiful. No, dude. I Bro, there was no list right this time. You're beautiful. I know you have a sleep apnea machine, but you're beautiful. It's like at a certain point. <laughs> so that's just, one of my demons is eating. Yeah. Like I will fucking eat like a monster. If I if I'm in the if I'm in the flow state, like give me three Chipotle burritos and I'm down. But why don't you just really? eat real food in that moment? Because I also have a huge appetite, but I don't eat junk. Well, it's just an efficiency thing. So in my mind, it's whatever that like I just want to fulfill this problem. Get me the answer. But why is food. it efficient if you're poisoning yourself with seed oils? It's not. You're so stealing from your future. A hundred percent. And that's a mind shift and a change that I will make and that I have been making actually in the last two, three years. So when I was 210 pounds, that was like a year and a half ago. Wow. Uh, I'm 156 now. Damn. So like wow. I made a big shift, but I lost 30 pounds in like a month and a half. Like I went hard. You know How? what I mean? Exercising like crazy and my- uh, Adderall. <laughs> no, I actually don't take any drugs. Oh, okay. So, um, exercising like crazy, and then having my equipment stolen. So I had I had a like a twelve thousand dollar camera, like kind of the, that the one you do the podcast 1D? with. Uh, Which one was it? One of the cameras there. Yeah. So I have like a rig that I make, like a handheld rig, and it's like a twelve thousand dollar custom handheld rig with a very nice lens and a very nice kit and everything. Um, and I was shooting behind the scenes for one of my other production friends in this studio downtown. Um, and someone just walked in with their skateboard while we were out for lunch, literally five minutes while we were gone. He walked in, grabbed the fucking thing, put it in his backpack, left. I have I have security footage of it. I can literally show you. Did they find the person? Never found him. But 
for two weeks, I was biking from uh, Don Mills and Shepherd. You know where Fairview Mall is? I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. Yeah, so from Fairview Mall to downtown here. By Fuck, that's so far. Bro. Every like day for like three 28 weeks, kilometers or something. find this asshole myself because I, I did the police report. We had the footage. Um, Vigilante once. justice. Wow, Batman. Well, Shivam told me that we... Bu- did you steal that equipment? <laughs> <laughs> you told me you yeah, found yeah. it. You told me you found Sweet. it on the side of the road. <laughs> Imagine he looked around this whole place. <laughs> what the like, fuck? Uh, what's in the cover? Still looking. <laughs> Jeez. Um, no, he was never found. Nothing ever came out of it. But I just take things into my own hands. I, I like. I trust people to a degree. I want, yeah. I want the help. But at the end of the day, like no one's gonna give a shit but me. And this was my livelihood at the time. So, um, you know, I wasn't doing like brand strategy and I wasn't helping these people because I used to actually brand myself as a production company, which is like the worst fucking thing I could have done. Yeah. Because people yeah. would call me for videos and oh. I'd be like, why do you need a video? And they're like, I just need a video. And I'm like, but why? Like, let's have that conversation. Why do you need a video? Because if I, if, if it's just because your competitor saw something or yeah. whatever, I don't want your money. I don't care about that. That's where my demon is different. Yeah, jeez. I, I felt something in my stomach. Like I was going to be homeless if I had that mentality. I would just go for the money. See, it's interesting because I can fight that feeling really hard. I don't care about homelessness. And I had a really hard life, by the way. So that's probably why I'm okay with it. Like, you know, I thought your podcast was a homeless podcast, right? Was it? <laughs> is that what is that what your mind went to? No, no. <laughs> Shivam showed me the video. I don't mean the quality. Shivam showed me the video and I thought it was just a guy on the street. <laughs> Not that you look homeless, but I thought it was just a guy on the sheet street doing a podcast, and I was like, "That's kind of cool." That's not the first time I've gotten that comment, by the way. I, okay, I know I look homeless. <laughs> I thought it was progressive. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's okay. No, I don't mean you look homeless. It's I just okay. mean like this, like homeless, the so. setup. And you can tell me I look homeless. The setup. <laughs> the setup. <laughs> but my point but, is, if you if you uh, keep being a little, t- <laughs> my prediction, <laughs> little too uh, idealistic about money and what kind of money you'll accept. Well, I do value-based pricing. Sure. So I don't like fixed prices. If you're like, I need a video, and I'm like, okay, it's $5,000. To me, that the, the transaction doesn't make sense because you're going to take something that you don't even understand how to use. I think that most people are uneducated buyers. So I want to make most sure- people. Most people. Yeah. Most business people, especially when they're working with creative fields, they have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. So for me, it's like, why do you want this video? Because if I don't know the why, I don't know the value behind the work I'm going to do, mm-hmm. and then I'm not going to do something I'm proud of. And the direction. And the direction or whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm going to tie my own time, value, worth, whatever, to a project. I mm-hmm. want to understand what the cause is. If I don't, if I don't know the What's purpose. the weirdest request you ever got? Like a bespoke swingers porn or something? No, the, the weirdest one was uh, actually this cosmetic spa in Vaughn. And they did, like, lip fillers live at a, at a white party. So they hosted oh, a wow. white party. And they just had, like, a bunch of people come in. And they were just doing live injection demonstrations there. And I was like, this is the most fucked up thing ever. It was like Can very, I get their number? Wow. It sounds oh, like a great, very, sounds like a great party. Very Black Mirror-esque, dude. Yeah. Very Black Mirror-esque. They're not supposed have, to do that, actually, legally. people, like, just, like, smiling. And they're all doing the thing. And it's so fake. Like, you can feel the fakeness. And then this, like, weird... I actually still have the footage. I'll... If you guys want to go over yeah, it at some yeah, point, I'll bring yeah. it over. But it was weird because, like, they had this young girl who was 16 or, like, 15 or something, like, do the live demonstration. And you just, like, see her, like, sit down and they treat her like a goddess as she's laying back in the thing. And they're just like, fuck it. Is that even legal to do that? I have no idea. Parental and consent? I, and I filmed it in 4K. So... <laughs> See, I mean, I'm, these are good things yeah. when you see that you're like, I don't know really how I feel about this. Cash the check. That's my advice in your head. <laughs> Just, Cash the check. Did, my, my business partner and I, in the beginning, we used to have this saying that, like, did the check clear? 
And that's kind of what I want to name like a future book. Like just kind of because we had these moments when we were coming up. Like we had a just truck giving out an idea right now. You're going to trademark it now. That's fine. I got 40 more. <laughs> we used to have like a truck advertising company where we would basically, we just bought truckadvertising.ca. And because we had this idea, because, you know, there's like those big trucks and we're like, we can act like billboards for those. Totally. So we just started ranking it on Google. It's what we do. And then we start getting leads all day long. People would be like, hi, I'm from Bombardier and we'd like to wrap 50 trucks right and one of them was like 50 and then they're like okay that'll be like 200 grand was like a lead we got <laughs> so this is my point what i always tell people in business is just like get into it and learn fast yeah like you always put push yourself in. so it's like we had no we didn't know how to wrap a truck the insurance around it there you need to put gps tracking like we we oversold it we were like oh we got gps trackers and we never even <laughs> had purchased them we're like all our trucks have gps well trackers. get the money first and then solve the that's problems. what we did and so um that was kind of like our our project. Like now let me just, ask you something. Yeah, for someone who grew up in poverty and is not educated and doesn't have like a business background or anybody in their network that can learn good business, when you start giving somebody like five hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars to go film something, your perception of value is so skewed and fucked because even your own price comes out of nowhere. You're like, uh, fuck. Three hundred dollars, and then. But don't like, you have a benchmark like from people in your industry? Not back in the day, no. Like I would say in like twenty nine, but before twenty nineteen, the information about like creative services and stuff was non existent, and I'm just learning trial by fire. So imagine how many times you're being taken advantage of in your prime, like nineteen. I hate that 20. saying. That's such a victimhood line. But it's, it's true. Taking advantage true. of is it's just it, abandoning it is all agency. You, you, no one let no. Again, it's what I but said. You the therapist, don't know your perception is your reality. So there are that. there are certain things where, like again, you have this passion in you, and someone is paying you to do the thing that you but want. But you know to you're do. worth. Charge Bro, the price. No, you but don't. also no. I came here in Canada in 2019, and in the first month, I sold a video to a guy because I was I was doing the same thing like video production, and like I was doing exactly what you're doing right now. Um, and That's I not sold what I do for right like, now, by the way. No, 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 no. It's not the production thing. <laughs> he it's really the wants selling to quash the production. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't send him email. It's it's the selling the production. Like I stopped actually doing shit. I I was like a service guy. I was just a marketing guy. I would just talk to people, and I sold a video for five thousand dollars on in the first month I was here in Canada. So I don't think even in this country where where I didn't know any market because like, you have I the would, soul of a woman. That's what you told us earlier. It's true. What? You were too agreeable. <laughs> I was too agreeable. And that's Instead what I'm talking Who about. said you had a soul of a woman? <laughs> my masseuse. My her right her right before Lisa. she jerked you off. Bruh. The soul of a woman and the dick of an emperor. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a Godzilla dick? <laughs> Jesus. Would you ever get an erotic massage? I was telling you earlier that I've got I would them. love an erotic massage. My partner gives me erotic massages. So, yeah. It'll like, get old fast. Wow. Not really, because to me, touch is my love language. So, like, if you're oh, really... That was such a soul wow. of a woman line. <laughs> Just have a live, laugh, He's love. So sweet. In your house, like in your bathroom. No. Listen, no. the way he connected with my dog, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> my dog hates Shivam. It's been two years. Bruce is... It's never happening. No, I've given this up. This guy comes in, up. just gets low, because, you know, Shivam towers over the dog and scares the shit out of it. Gets low, and then Bruce is just eating out of your hand. He's just licking you. Uh, <laughs> Best. That's no, good. It's good. So how this girl that you are dating now, um, did you have to go through a lot of women before? Because let's be honest, like me, you're difficult. 
Yeah, I did. So, You're difficult. Oh, yeah, yeah, very difficult. And I and I'm also like a serial monogamous person. So I had like three or four really serious relationships. Um, and after every single, well, after the second one, I was like, I don't want to be in serious relationships anymore. And I'm in my fourth one now. So it's like, what, what is that? Cause I, I've heard a lot of my friends are in serious relationships and they say to their, when their partners are even there, uh, if I ever broke up with this person, like my, this, my partner and his husband, he'd be like, I'm, I would never, I would never be in a long-term relationship again. They say things like that in front of their partners. So what led you to that point? What were you missing? I don't think you're missing anything. I think you you desire this like focus and the focus isn't there. So when you're alone and isolated, you have nobody to love but yourself and you're kind of putting all your energy into you. And when you're with somebody else, your path changes and you're definitely investing time and energy into some other person. And there's likeliness to build like a lot of resent because you have years of communication yeah. at the end feels like a bunch of fucking bullshit and a lie. So you're like, why would I invest my time? You know, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. yeah like, Cause I resent people that I gave years to and, and now it's, I don't even talk to them. Exactly. Yeah. And to me that tough. sucks. Like if I was in, if I had every relationship that I've ever been in, if we were still like amicable and talked, I would be in a much better state of mind. You know what I mean? I wouldn't care as much. I'd be like, well, we said that we should be friends first and I genuinely believe that. I don't know why everyone in this world thinks that like men and women cannot be cordial. It's because you have the soul of a woman. Probably. Yeah. But I also want to fuck like a demon. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's like I have the soul of a woman, but I also want to treat you like a way a woman should be treated. Like in, a filthy whore. Exactly. Yeah. And I know th I know what your bounds and limits are because I can have that communication with you. Um, I find most men are like, no, I want this and like I'm just going to fucking use it and whatever. And it's like, okay, well, you've you've ruined the the actual experience of having that like conversation. To me, that's fun. That's the fun of it. You like tote each other's lines and you try to figure out like what people like and how like, close to rape you can get. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. <rape. laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm not. I used to do rape fantasy where I made someone break into my apartment. Really? Yeah, it's fun. You got to get right into it. Method acting. That's that seems interesting because I had this my first girlfriend ever. Um, Kinky. I was like 16, 17 and she brought that up to me and I was like, that's fucked up. It, was, it feels like a trap, <laughs> frankly. It, it would does feel, feel like, like a trap. A trap. Yeah. I'm like, wait, you want me to rape you? Like, like Gone Girl, that and movie? she's like, yeah, just like with a ski mask, like fucking break into my house and like make it happen. And I was like, I'm not doing that. What would you do if it was very specific? <laughs> like Imagine your name's you Peter. <laughs> <laughs> we met in grade well, seven. Well, then I start asking more questions. I'm like, what the, did you just write this up? Is this a fucking dream? <laughs> she she has a whole, she has a whole score. <laughs> she's like, so she, she, who did it best? She's like, there's going to be another actress arriving soon. She's the supporting cast. She's the best friend. My mom's get gonna come and scream, and it's like, yeah, my There's mom will come kid. in. She's ah. like, oh, be a thing. She's gonna call the police. You're gonna get arrested. It's like, it's gonna be funny. <laughs> it's gonna be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Bite right your before leg. you go to jail in court, that's when I'll let it all go. Yeah. Right? It'll It'll be fun. Let's do it. Honestly, Let's do it. You imagine do it you come in. There's another guy already fucking her in a ski mask. And be like, what the fuck? And she's like, oh, I thought it was you. I encourage everyone to do rape fantasies. <laughs> I encourage everyone to do them, but you got to get really into them. Yeah. Make me believe it. Well, a buddy that I, so I had a client in Chicago that was building like a tech thing in his. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate the tech industry. <laughs> I can't. I, people his, who talk about tech, it's like his COO, okay, yeah, very odd gentleman. Um, he was telling me about his BDSM like sex life or dungeon, whatever. and they do a lot of scenes and just like you said, kind of like the break-in scene. To me, that's like what they call it. 
um, him and his girlfriend did like getting chased in the woods. Holy scene. shit! Yeah, who's chasing them? So I'm, he's chasing her in oh, the woods and wow. trying to catch her and like fuck her in the woods. They Whoa. sound fun. Whoa. See, like, I want to hang out with like, people paperwork. like this on the weekend <laughs> and be like, because people are so boring. I want to hear about this. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's interesting. I was Bigfoot one day. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like, if he got shot by dude, someone according to him because I'm, I'm i have a weird thing about consent for me like i'm i want to make sure that like you were consenting to a to an experience whatever it is even in business like i'm kind of weird fucked up like that like why do you want a video it's like i don't care like just fuck me and i'm like no i won't fuck you until yeah I, yeah until you gotta I make know. them work for it because that's how you value them yeah exactly. it's like why I don't send nudes because it immediately I don't send nudes either. I've never sent a nude. It's stupid for two reasons. It's stupid because reputationally, if you're worried about that. But secondly, it subconsciously lowers your value in the person. If I really like want to have sex with you, there's stages like, oh, I can't wait to rip your clothes off, blah, blah, blah. You just showed me the end of the movie. I guess so. It, it completely ruins the courtship element to it. And so I don't do it. It also makes you so when everyone it's like your name when everyone does it and you don't. You're unique. Yeah, and then people are like, uh, and then people are like, a lot of gay guys who hit on me. Yeah, and they're so predatorial. But yeah, it's yeah, they're 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 awful. I would never hire gay guys. (laughs) I say this all the time. (laughs) I would never hire. I would never hire. My friend was like, "Can I work for you?" I'm like, "No, I would never hire gay because they always want vacation so they can go and just do drugs." Yeah, and it's just I don't you know I just know they're irresponsible. But anyways, (laughs) he knows from experience. Yeah, (laughs) but is it because they saw you in the change room? Is that what you mean? They saw your giant hog. No, Let me put on, it in my mouth. They see me on set, and apparently, like I, because I wear like sweatpants or like gray sweatpants a lot or whatever. Oh, so classic! Like, yeah, the, There's like the package, and I didn't know this until that. a year ago. I yeah. literally didn't even know this was a thing until uh, Paige brought it up to me, my partner, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't even know." And she's like, "Yeah," that just like really, it's like I can't stop looking at it through your pants. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't fucking know," but now I know, and now it's like kind of fun. So me. when the gay guys hit on you, are you talking about like in public? No, I always get DM'd on like Instagram and stuff. What do they say? Oh, like, are you like? Oh, they ask your sexuality. They ask my sexuality. Fucking do you jerk guys, off? Rest. Bro, How do you jerk off? Too, yeah. Blah blah blah. And I'm I'm funny How too. do you jerk off? Oh yeah, this one guy like fucking really asked me some in depth questions. Oh, wow. and you put, can you tell us his username and we'll say it? No, <laughs> I think I don't think it would be good. He's got a reputation. Who cares? I got lawyers. Bruh. Let's do it. <laughs> We call. We used to call. My friends are like, "Are okay, you?" Wait, let me let me look him up because I'll we'll see his user. Imagine he's the same guy. I was telling this story on the um, podcast a few weeks ago. These gay guys, their friend died, and it's been a long time. I have to find this. He's like f- f- going through all the other ones. Oh. He's like, "Oh, I sent a video back," <laughs> and uh, their friend died, and they posted a photo of all them like in their like oh, basically yeah. their underwear naked, like oiled up, being like, "Miss you, bitch," and like, and I said, "Ne like." It's like you and branding. It's like you have an opportunity. It's like if you never miss an opportunity to use your friend's death as dick bait. <laughs> that is <laughs> fucked. They were like, dick well, bait, this, dick, this dick train is not stopping for him. And they just <laughs> immediately like uploaded a photo. Not like a beautiful photo of like, you know, Thanksgiving or something <laughs> like that. Just all topless guys. Yeah, yeah. Because gay guys are like uniquely damaged. Like I have a front, I had a front row seat to it, like with my old podcast and just everything like it's a it's a unique damage like I, why what do you say that because basically uh, uh, particularly i think the older generations but younger you know it's better it's a lot better now but you're basically taught from a young age to just sort of be like a ghost in the way that i grew up meaning like i didn't see myself represented in anything um i knew there were people that didn't want me to go to their countries because they would stone me i knew there were like resorts in jamaica i couldn't go to to like kiss my partner because i get thrown in jail but i think you're smarter than that well, it, it, well, okay, maybe you can't kiss your partner in public, but like, do you think that 
it's just you don't feel like you're you participate in society interesting now it's different now I, but but also um the other thing is it's a culture that like it's two men so it's great for sex but like for bonding it's everything is transactional um you're the weird person if you won't send your dick to someone on Grinder. You're odd. You're the you. You're not overly sexualized. Sexualized like everyone else. And like, there's also no courtship. It's com- it's completely like you load Grinder. It's, it's like come in my ass. Forty six is like the username. Jesus. <laughs> you know, like it's just. It is yeah. true though. Like they're they're sure. so. Okay, we're gonna take a break for part two. Yeah, let's we'll take a yeah. break. Real quick. Okay. So we can find this guy's. This guy's we can put it up. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Uh, see you guys. See you guys next. Are week. we? Are we gonna put the other half on Patreon? You know, see you next week. Okay. Bye. <laughs>